Good day, gentlemen. Welcome to Live with Doug. Today is Fridays with the fellas. Great to have you with us. Hey, Juan and Keith and uh, and Ron says, love the guitar solo. Yeah, that's that's fun. Thank you for that. Uh, it's a good day, huh? It's Friday. It is February 24th, year of our Lord Jesus 2023. You know what that means? Well, it means a lot of things. It's Friday. It means it's Fridays with the fellas. And that means we're going to talk about manhood. And the fact that the Lord Jesus is reigning over heaven and earth means we have nothing to fear. I know, I know, it seems like at times things are spinning out of control. Things are getting worse. I hear that all the time. Are they? Well, some things may be. But if Jesus is reigning, if he's crushing his enemies, if he's building his church, if he's working all things together, for the good of his people, then things are not all bad. In fact, there's a lot of good. So I encourage you, if you have a cup of coffee, which I commend to you, let's just drink and taste and see the Lord is good, shall we? Let's do that. Ah, the Lord is so good. So we're talking manhood and we are studying the book of Proverbs. And the more I study this, the more I am convinced this is such a a storehouse of wealth, especially for us men. We need the content of Proverbs more than almost any other book. Now, obviously, for someone who is not a Christian, someone who's a new Christian, then, of course, there's so much wonderful gospel truth in, uh, in the New Testament epistles, for instance. But if you've been a Christian very long at all, which I think is most of my audience, and you're a man, I'm not sure there is a more important pursuit than the book of Proverbs. And I think our text today will show you why I think that. But it's not only because I believe it's what the scripture here is exhorting us with, but I've seen it in my life. I've seen it in my son's life. I've seen it uh, in the men of our fellowship. I know I've told you along the way, both in the uh, the church series we did and even here on Fridays, I've told you about some of these men, especially the young men who have come and joined our group. Uh, one man in particular I'm thinking of has only been around uh, three months maybe, and he is drinking up all that we're doing uh, like a thirsty camel. And on Thursday nights, we're talking through Proverbs, and he's signed up to take the NCST class on Proverbs. And we talk about wisdom. We talk about these things. And, and what I'm realizing more and more is men, we, we've, we've been so uh, ridiculed, so oppressed. Uh, our, our manhood has been pushed against for so long. And and men are reacting, they're, they're responding, we're pushing back, and yet we're not entirely sure what that means or what that looks like. What's our purpose? What are we to be doing as men? 
And there's a whole, um, I don't know, school of thought, you might say, out there in the world on the internet that makes a caricature of manhood and leads men to sort of the worst of, uh, of manhood. But it's a, it's a reaction to the feminization that has gone on. Well, we don't want to fall off the other side of the horse. Right? We don't want to go from being uh, forced into a, a feminist, anti-man, anti-Christian worldview into this you know, super macho, uh, arrogant, demeaning kind of manhood either. Well, the book of Proverbs tells us how to be men. That's what the whole book is about. This is a man, Solomon, writing to his sons. And he's telling his sons how to be men who fear the Lord. And it's just, it, it's so enriching as we go through this. So I'm excited about this. I hope you are as well. And, uh, and today we're going to look at chapter four. So here's how chapter four begins. Listen, children, or literally it's here, my sons or oh sons. He doesn't even say my, just says sons. So this would be a, a broader audience than simply Solomon's son. This would be for all of us. We're all sons. If you're a, if you're a man here, you're a son, right? <laughs> Hear my sons. Listen, children to a father's instruction and pay attention so that you may gain discernment. Oh, how we need discernment. We need understanding. We need to learn how to make good decisions that will impact our lives. Because as a man, you make decisions all the time. At least you're supposed to be making decisions all the time. We are given positions of authority. If you're a husband, you're the head of your wife. That requires you to make decisions. That's the essence of ruling. We are to rule and subdue, right? The essence of ruling is making decisions. If you're a father, you're the head of a home. You have to make decisions. You need discernment. You need understanding. You make decisions, at least here where I am, it's early in the morning, 730, 736. You have a full day ahead of you of decision-making. How are you going to spend your time? Options come up that you have to choose this or that. Maybe at work. It's Friday night. What is your family going to do tonight? You've got the weekend ahead of you. What are you going to do this weekend? What are you going to do to prepare for next week and the week after? We have decisions all day long to make. We need discernment. We need understanding. Solomon says, listen, my sons, listen, O sons, pay attention so you may gain discernment because I hereby give good instruction. Do not forsake my teaching. We need good instruction, don't we? Ah, book of Proverbs is so rich. So catch this here in verse three and following. This is Solomon speaking again, right? When I was a son to my father, a tender only child, before my mother, he taught me. So just, just let that settle in for a minute. 
Solomon now is saying, when I was a child, my dad taught me. Well, who was his dad? The great King David. Now, we know Solomon's birth story. We know that Solomon was the son of a woman with whom David committed adultery and murdered her other husband, her first husband, her legitimate husband, Uriah. That was David's darkest moment. But let us not forget, this is the man. King David is the man whom God described as a man after my own heart. This is the man who wrestled with a bear and a lion and defeated them with his bare hands. This is the man who walks into camp when he sees the army of Israel sheepishly cowering before Goliath. And David looks around as a a little scrawny, good-looking shepherd boy, and he says, what? Why is no one out there fighting this man? We are the people of God. This is an uncircumcised Philistine. We're just going to sit around here and let him mock us and shame us? I got this. (laughs) I, I got this. In the power of God's name, in the fear of the Lord, I'm going to take him down. And he did. And he built a great kingdom, thriving and leading people to worship and honor God and make good decisions. In all of his battles, David made good decisions. And his delegation of labor to build the kingdom of God. He made good decisions. That's the one who taught Solomon. And here's what he said to him. Let your heart lay hold of my words. Keep my commands so that you will live. Acquire wisdom. Acquire understanding. Do not forget and do not turn aside from the words I speak. Solomon, do not forsake wisdom, and she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. That's great. He's describing wisdom as this, as this woman. Solomon talks about who we sometimes describe as lady wisdom, and he personifies wisdom as this, this, wisdom, this woman. Where did he get that? He got it from his dad. Don't forsake wisdom, Solomon. She'll protect you. Love her and she'll guard you. Do you, my friend, do you need protection? Do you need a guard? Of course we do. We all do. We have enemies attacking us all the time. We have folly trying to penetrate our fortress. We have folly coming at us from all angles, on the internet, on the television, for those of you who still watch TV, from our family, from our government. We have uh, folly coming at us from every direction. David says to his son Solomon, if you will Hold fast to wisdom. She'll protect you. Love her. Love wisdom. Love lady wisdom and she will guard you. And then he makes this statement. 
Remember, this is a man after God's own heart talking to his son. Wisdom is supreme. So acquire wisdom. And whatever you acquire, acquire understanding. Solomon, whatever else you pursue, pursue wisdom and understanding. It is of the highest priority. Esteem her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. Again, this language, almost like a husband and wife. Like if you, if you embrace this woman, wisdom, if you bring her close, if you hold her intimately, she'll honor you. She'll exalt you. If you esteem wisdom, wisdom will exalt you. She will place a fair garland on your head and she will bestow a beautiful crown on you. You'll win the race. That's the kind of crown I was talking about. You'll win the race. You'll be the champion if you embrace wisdom. We've got a little bit more here to do in, in Proverbs 4 and we're going to look at it, but I, I want you to see this, this chapter doesn't give us specific wisdom here. We've seen a little bit of it so far in the first three chapters. And of course, the rest of the book is just filled with them. But here, Solomon is trying to teach his sons just how valuable wisdom is. So the question I ask myself, question I asked our students this week in NCST, and questions I'm going to ask you is, how much of a priority do you put on gaining wisdom? Is it supreme? Just go with me here for a moment. Now, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Right? That's the highest priority that Jesus gave us. Seek his kingdom and his righteousness. What does that mean? I think sometimes we think that means go to church. So you go spend an hour or so on a Sunday morning in this building, this place, and that's seeking first his kingdom. We may add a little bit to it, like avoid some of these big sins and buy a good devotional book from your favorite publisher, maybe from your denomination, and make sure that you get up in the morning and you get your cup of coffee and you read for 10 or 15 minutes, say a few prayers, and that's seeking first his kingdom. And then, and then you got to go to work. You got to do your thing, right? You got to go live life, but that's that's pretty much removed from the kingdom. The kingdom is this experience that we have with God on Sunday mornings and then our personal devotional time, that kind of thing. Of course, the scripture says nothing like that. Remember, Jesus said, seek first his kingdom. And what's the next line? And his righteousness. What is Righteousness. It's doing the right thing. Earlier in that same passage, he same message, he said, blessed are those who hunger 
and thirst for righteousness. As Christian men, we need to cultivate a deep yearning to do what is right and to make right decisions. Well, that's wisdom. So I think Jesus' words and David's words here are very closely aligned. Wisdom is supreme. Again, you're going to make decisions all day long today. When we get done with this live stream, whether you're listening, joining me here live, or you're listening to this later, working out, or driving in your car or something, as soon as we're done, you're going to have decisions to make. Are you going to make good ones? Wise decisions? It'll change your life. That's what what David and Solomon both say here. Now, I love this because this is David telling Solomon this. Do you remember when God shows up to Solomon and he says, ask anything and I'll give it to you? I mean, how does, does it get any better than that? God showing up and saying, I will give you anything you ask. Anything. Name it. It's yours. And remember what Solomon asked for. He said, give me wisdom. And God was so pleased. He said, because you didn't ask for riches and you didn't ask for power over your enemies, I'm going to give you riches. I'm going to give you power over your enemies. And I'm going to give you wisdom because that was a wise thing to do. How did Solomon have the wisdom to ask for wisdom? Well, he heard it from his father. Do you see that? So what I'm reading to you here in Proverbs 4. When I was a son to my father, he taught me, let your heart lay hold of my words, acquire wisdom, acquire understanding. Do not forsake wisdom. She will protect you. Wisdom is supreme. And Solomon remembered that. And so when God says, ask anything, I'll give it to you. He says, if wisdom is supreme, I need wisdom. Lord, give me wisdom. And God did. And Solomon built an amazing, unparalleled kingdom. He lived a wise life. Now, there, there's a giant exception of that in Solomon's life. And we talk about that in the Ecclesiastes studies and other places. But there's a lot of wisdom that he demonstrated as well. So he goes on. Listen, my child or my son, and accept my words. Why? So that the years of your life may be many. Hugo, Ron, Keith, Juan, the rest of you who are with us, do you want a life? Do you want the years of your life to be many? Do you want to be guarded and protected? Well, listen to his words. He says, I hereby guide you in the way of wisdom and I lead you in upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be hampered. And when you run, you will not stumble. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Protect it because it is your life. Pursuing this wisdom inspired by the Holy Spirit, given to Solomon and written down for us, this is our life. Do not enter the path of the wicked or walk in the way of those who are evil. Avoid it. Do not go on it. Turn away from it and go on, for they cannot sleep until they cause harm. They are robbed of sleep until they make someone stumble. 
Indeed, they've eaten bread gained from wickedness and drink wine obtained from violence. Stay away from those who will lead you into evil. How much advice do we take from evil men? How much counsel do we take from the wicked? I know all kinds of Christians that spend a lot of money and a lot of time going to counselors and therapists and reading books written by unwise, wicked men. And they neglect this book that is written to give us life. Peter says, I still can't understand how the most wise man in the world wanted 700 wives. <laughs> I don't know if you meant that tongue-in-cheek or not, but <laughs> that's how it struck me. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to exercise wisdom and not uh, say the first thing, <laughs> first thing that comes to my mind. Oh, yes. Uh, that's, a, that's a valid question. He wasn't perfect. <laughs> he, d- he didn't apply everything that he, uh, he taught to others. That's, uh, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> well, and in all seriousness, that was his m- massive blunder, and it, and it cost him dearly. Uh, in so many areas, Solomon was so wise, and it, it, it manifested, and then he led to his own downfall and the whole kingdom's downfall because of because of those very unwise decisions. And it wasn't just the wives. It was the fact that they were foreigners and brought in their foreign gods. <laughs> yes. Yep. We're going to move on. <laughs> move on. Because my wife might listen to this. And I don't want to say anything that will cause strife. My child... Pay attention to my words. Listen attentively to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Guard them with all your heart, for they are life to those who find them and healing to one's body. Again, I say, how much money and time do we spend on the words of men, the therapy of men, counseling, Even so-called biblical counseling, we are convinced, we are more and more convinced we need these therapies and psychologies to heal ourselves. And Solomon says, if we pursue wisdom, it's our life, it's life to those who find them and healing to our entire body. Now, I'm not suggesting that pursuing wisdom will heal cancer. But see, what we've done is we have allowed this overlap and blurring of physical disease or physical illness. And we've allowed the psychology community to use terms mental illness We put them in a very similar category. And we think that therapies and psychology, we call that medicine. And we think that's going to heal our quote-unquote mental illnesses. It's not. And we know 
that things that we think and believe can lead to physical maladies. Stress, we know, we know the physical effects of stress. Ulcers, sleeplessness, which affects all kinds of things. And so, my, so many of those problems are caused by folly and bad decision-making and a lack of wisdom. But instead of pursuing wisdom, we pursue medication and therapy and we don't get healed. Guard your heart with all vigilance, for from it are the sources of life. Remove perverse speech from your mouth. Keep devious talk far from your lips. Don't live in the world of deceit and lies. Live in truth. Let your eyes look directly in front of you. Let your gaze look straight before you. Keep your eyes on wisdom. and Don't be distracted by the world. Make the path for your feet level so that all your ways may be established. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn yourself away from evil. And again, I say evil men, evil therapists, evil doctors, evil psychologists, evil theories of psychology that make their way into Christian books and teaching are not going to lead you down the straight path. But God's word will. It's life. It's healing to our bodies. The great King David told his son this, and Solomon is telling his sons this. And if you are a father, you need to tell your sons this. And if your father didn't tell you this, be thankful that God wrote it down for you. It's never too late. I don't care how old you are, how unwise you've lived to this point, how distracted you've been to this point. We can all grow in wisdom. And it'll be a, a crown on our head. We'll win life as God designed it to be. All right, got to run. Have a great day. Spend some time thinking through this. We'll see you next week. God bless.